Welcome, Welcome, guys, gals, and and non-binary pals. Why do they hate Miranda? You're listening to I Couldn't Help But Podcast. Carrie is the fucking worst. An unofficial Sex in the City podcast. Hosted by Joe Daniel Montalongo and Paige Clarno. Charlotte, shut the fuck up. Um, what am I listening to? Sick. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, welcome, I don't everyone. know. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long life, man. That's fair. Welcome to the podcast. Bienvenue. <laughs> That's French. That is French. Um, we are back. Yay, bitches. Um, I hope you liked our two most recent girl interrupted. <laughs> versions of the podcast. Um, yeah. So here we are. Another one. How are you doing, Jill? Good. I'm gonna try my hardest to not talk over you, to <laughs> not interrupt your feelings, and to not to be like, okay, I get what you're saying, but listen from my perspective. <laughs> it's. Fun. It's Unless Ryan comes into the room, in which case I will immediately forget what you're saying. I'm like, Ryan, what do you have to say? What do you have to say about this? I found Don't. him very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fun. I just, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to talk on my own podcast now. It's fine. <laughs> um, so it is officially the holiday season. We're recording this at the Isn't beginning every of December. Time like a holiday season because there's always like a holiday coming around. Why does why is this the holiday season? Um, because everybody is crazy for Christmas. That's why. It's like the movie Christmas with the Cranks. Sure. I never watched it, but I'm assuming that's how <laughs> what it was about. <laughs> yeah, me neither. It was an alliteration, so I figure you know what? If it's an alliteration, it's true. Then I'm here for it. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. That doesn't make it good. That's correct. <laughs> She's been like two good things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, have you gotten all your Christmas shopping done? I told everybody I was not buying anybody Christmas presents this year. Nice. That's smart. I like it. It's really great. My brother was very upset. And my sister doesn't feel it. Yeah. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, he's going to surprise me with something. And I'm very much like, no. Actually. not only am I not gonna, I cannot. <laughs> I got things coming up that i'm like okay i need to invest money there spend money there i have to budget really 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 well and then i'm going to europe so then i'm like okay well i have to save a lot more money and then someone's selling me a camera and like a bunch of equipment at a really good deal cool. so i'm just like i need this so i'm also gonna save it for that i love it it's gonna be great yeah yay have um, you done your kwanzaa shopping kwanzaa yeah do you see my lily white skin <laughs> listen i don't judge <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Hanukkah actually begins. We're recording this on December third, two, three, two, second. Um, and so Hanukkah begins tonight. <gasps> Happy Hanukkah! Thank you. I went to Bed Bath and Beyond because that's the only place that sells Hanukkah crap, and they didn't. They did not sell any Hanukkah crap. There's usually a Hanukkah crap corner, and with Hanukkah crap things and there was nothing and so I have candles left over from last year when I didn't make it home in time which I'm going to have to live off of until I can go to the other Bed Bath & Beyond and see if they're anti-Semitic as well. 
So that's Can fun. you just call them and ask instead of having to make the trip? That would involve calling somebody, and I hate being on the phone. What if I call right live on air? You can do it if you want and to. And be like, hey, do Hi, you guys just, have Hanukkah stuff, or are you guys anti-Semitic? Are you guys anti-Semitic, like the Sparks location? <laughs> because... Does Mel Gibson work at your store, or like, do you guys actually carry things that I need? <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's that. I have my, I have like three or four people that if I find something for, I'll be like, no, I really need to get them like something or I want to get them something because they're close enough to me that I feel like it's something that I should get for them. Um, but I don't give gifts just to give gifts. Yeah. No, I think it's bullshit. Because, yeah, I don't like materialism. Yeah. too terribly much like i don't like having things i like having experiences like if somebody took me out to dinner and said merry christmas or happy hanukkah or whatever or if someone like spent quality time with me i would love that way more than i would love some tchotchke that i would have to pretend to like into eternity so that's fair which speaking of which you posted something um on twitter earlier what was it it was a is it die something quiz now i can't remember oh yes i can bring it up right away because people are still submitting their chingy chings oh no i have no signal here oh i found it i'm right you're on the wi-fi it's a i'm not on the wi-fi oh i don't know why i'm not on the wi-fi me neither it's a dichotomy test a dichotomy test um which i thought was really interesting um because it like does material materialism versus spiritualism egoism versus altruism like down the line and it's a really super interesting and i think it should be our post for this podcast is our results (laughs) perfect do you take yours (laughs) so yeah our like so our side by sides are actually really really close like everything that we're over the middle line are like middle line on we're almost identical like it's really interesting are you also nihilist um, you are more of a nihilist than I am by See. a few percent, which is really surprising, actually. Um, you are 59% nihilist and I am 52%. Um, I'm upset that you didn't post it in the current thread because everybody posted it. Well, I will post mine in the current thread then. Perfect. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, it was really, it was interesting. It was a really interesting thing. So I think we should... I think it was fun, and then once I I looked mine up, and I was like, I I get in concept what all these are, but I want to know what they are in 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 relation to each other. Yes, and I want to see if I agree or disagree. Mm Hmm. Yep, I like it. It's so great. We're both romanticism, which is weird because I did not expect that to be me. Yeah, and you are. I'm slight. I'm five seven percent seven percent more romantic than you are. That's fair. And you're more rational than I am. But I'm also more pragmatic than idealism and i feel like those two aren't the same but they should be similar right and mine are flipped so Yours i'm more are- pragmatic than than ideal but i'm more or more pragmatism than idealism but more romanticism than rationalism but by like a point like your idealism is 48 percent and your pragmatism is 51 percent. so you're basically 50 50 yeah. uh mine was idealism 60 percent and pragmatism was 40%. But my nihilism's so up there. I'm like, just like, I want to believe in the good in people, but I know what's really going to happen. <laughs> it's funny because my materialism is my lowest percentage of anything. It's 34.3%. Yes. Yeah. And no. then I'm 
a 64% a skeptic and then 35% absolutism. And I'm like, this is fun. Yeah, my materialism is higher than I thought it would be. It's at 44%. Um, but I feel like that's just because I don't drag down others for wanting to be materialistic. You know what I mean? Like if that thing that's in your house or and doesn't do anything except for make you happy, if that makes you happy, that's totally cool. Like I'm not going to drag down other people. So I feel like it went up a little bit I'm higher. Cause, that person. Cause yeah. Cause there's so, I don't know. There were so many of those questions. Yes. And everybody should take this quiz and we'll, we'll put a link. There was um, also some questions that I answered. Don't know. Or yeah, something. And neutral, I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. I want to, I want to go in and then retake it. And then whatever I'm not sure about, I want to do the research into it mm. and figure out and give a definite agree, strongly disagree. Yeah. Or the four levels instead of having the neutral five, like, I just don't know. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't like how some of them are phrased because me being an asshole, it's like, I, cause the state, it was a statement and you had to say whether you strongly agreed, agreed, were neutral, didn't know, mm-hmm. disagreed or strongly disagreed. And then I don't like those questions because I feel like if I answer disagree or strongly disagree, it assumes that I believe in the opposite. Right. And that's, there are some questions where I'm like, I definitely don't believe the opposite of this to be true. Mm-hmm. But like, if it was like, the sky is up and the sky is up, do you strongly disagree or disagree? And I don't, I don't want to say like, I strongly disagree. And that was just a shitty situation. I couldn't think of anything fun, better, but like, if I were to say I strongly disagree, that means I believe the world is down or mm-hmm. the sky is down. And that's not what I would want to say. I'd be like, well, it right. depends on your, perspective depends which way you're facing can we ever really know what is uh can we ever really know true direction yep I'm that's that asshole. yeah no that's exactly there were at least two or three questions um that i had that that are on there like that where i was just like okay but like by saying this at all you're assuming this this and this and i don't agree with that but i agree with it like and i ended up doing like neutral for so many because i was just like can, can i speak to your manager <laughs> that's definitely <laughs> that's why i hate those quizzes i'm like can i can a person who studies this be the person who answers or who gives me this quiz so that i can have the conversation be like well i don't agree with this right but this is the way i see it so could you mark that down and have that count towards what I'm, what my ideals are <laughs> yeah. instead of just the, this or the opposite. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. It was, it was, it was fun though. It was a fun quiz. So I, I encourage all two of you to take that quiz. <laughs> Neil. <laughs> Neil, take it. <laughs> so yeah. So that's, that's us. So far. <laughs> you ready to jump into this episode? I don't know. What else can we bullshit about? Not bullshit. But I honestly have a lot to say about this episode. This was a lot of triggers for me. Let's get into it then. Oh my god. I, I almost, can't believe we just threw your coffee on the ground like I, a boss. No, I almost did though. It was scary. I like I scared myself. I looked over and I was like, no. <gasps> has anyone given you a good word on how cool your fucking coasters are? Um, no, no one has said anything about my <laughs> my coasters. Wow, well, you guys are fake ass fans. Yeah, well. Yeah, don't fuck up the table. <laughs> I who I went to someone's, I went to Emily's house the other day. Yeah. And I was chatting with her and then I had a tea in my hand and then I was like, are you guys a coaster family? Are you guys not a coaster family? She's like, we don't give a fuck. And then I was like, oh, delicious. And I put my coffee bar on the table. Because they have a glass coffee table, so it's easier to clean. Is it? Yeah. It looked like wood. Mm -hmm. No, it was, well, were you sitting at the kitchen table or were you sitting on the couch? Kitchen. Oh, okay. Well then, yes, that's wood. I was like, dude, they're really stepping it up. That shit looked like wood. (laughs) And it's it's one of those things where I'm just like, whatever you feel, that's totally, I'm in your house, I will respect that. Yeah. I'm definitely not a coast person, I don't give a fuck. 
but also that's just who I am, but I always want to be respectful. But then when people are like, we don't use coasters, that's not real. And I'm like, oh my god, yes! <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I like my coffee table, even though it's gotten some, like, burn marks and stuff on it since moving in, so I'm really sad about that, but... And for me, I'm like, oh, that's flavor! See, that's what makes it special to me! <laughs> See, I'm not about that! Not with my furniture! Like, I paid so much money for this, mm-hmm. and it matches my end tables, and it matches, like, my, like... A hall table, which I don't have a hall anymore, so it's in storage, but... But it matches? Know. But it all matches, and it's all, like, super cute. I just want it... Listen, we're not going to get started on my houseware obsession. My <laughs> couches are patio furniture. My kitchen table doesn't match anything else in the house. I have plastic drawers that I keep in my closet, because I'm like, I just need this to hold stuff with, dude. I don't need these to be good. And nothing, I don't think nothing in my house matches. And we're about to get new couches that I'm really excited for. Mm -hmm. But then that's one more thing that's not going to match anything in my house. Because it's a gray couch with like orange and green cushions. And then I'm like, why? This is a strong choice. I feel like unless you have bought your own property Mm -hmm. or you've gotten married and moved into like an apartment together and you have to meld your like, you know, what what you think is style together that's the only time when style starts to matter yeah like when i was living in my studio apartment i was like no that's this goes over here this goes over here it's functional like you don't have the space to be fucking with tchotchkes and shit that (laughs) say things to me like it's just it's not important and when we when Chad and I bought our first house, it was important where we were like, no, is this is this representative? Is this circular wall sculpture from Kohl's representative of us as a couple? You get into that dumb shit <laughs> when those those things start to matter. I think down if I had a budget, and I'd be like, okay, I can I can go for pieces that match together. I have the time, I have the energy, and I have the effort. Right now, I don't have any of those four things. Right. So I'm just like. Can you sit on it? Cool. Can you put stuff on it? Cool. I did my job. And then, and then it's also weird because at the same time I do care because I, I have people over at my house mm-hmm. and they have to constantly apologize that nothing matches and they're like, literally, we don't care. Yeah. I'm like, nobody cares. Yeah, I know you don't care. I care. But I care now that someone else is here. <laughs> because I want you to understand this comes from a practical level and not because I don't have taste. And I don't want you to judge me on that. So I'm just like, oh, welcome to our couches. You can sit on them. Instead of like a, look, aren't these lovely, blah, blah, blah. But then I also want to be like, I'm sorry that my couches are this way. My couches suck. But also, I don't sit on these. I feel like as long as the couch is comfortable, it doesn't matter what it looks like. That's fair. That's why we need new couches because our couches are currently not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that my current couch is, it's comfortable, but it could be better. Mm-hmm. So maybe someday. <laughs> new couch. But for now, I like it. So, it's fine. I don't think my bedroom... I have two things in my bedroom. And nothing matches. See, I want a bed frame to design the rest of my bedroom around (gasps) right now. Because my bed frame broke when I moved six months ago. So, I've been sleeping on a broken bed frame. It's been very precarious. I don't know if I'm going to wake up on the floor or not. (laughs) But it's from Ikea. What do you want? (laughs) But I really want, like, a wire industrial bed frame. Oh, okay. Like, I, there's a look, and I'm, like, going for it. It's so funny, because our, um, our friend Riley, uh, she's a thrifter, and she's just like, just tell me what you want, and I'll find it for you. And I'm like, good, because I can't walk into thrift stores. They make my my skin itch. Like, I can't do it. 
<laughs> there's too much like disorder yeah and no way to order it and so it just makes me really anxious and i hate being in them like it's not even according to size yeah i can't even i could barely walk into a kohl's let alone a ross the last time i was in a ross i spent literally 45 seconds there before i was like i can't do this and i had to leave (laughs) but she said she will look for a bed frame for me because i said i was just gonna at one point drive to ikea and just buy one yeah and everybody's like, oh, my God, you could find bed frames in, like, a nice antique store around town. I'm like, okay, then you do it. So I'm not going to go into an antique store. <laughs> There's people who make that their sport, and I think that's incredible. Because yeah. I can go into thrift stores, but I never find anything. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how to look at anything. I'm just, like, right. surface level. Like, is anything standing out? No, okay, I got to go. And there are people who are like, I know They'll exactly where to go. It. I know how to get it. It's I'm like, crazy. that is incredible. People will, will come out in a fucking... Versace dress mm-hmm. and some beautiful heels. I'm like I got a thrift store. And I was like, how did how you, did you fucking do that? find that? Yeah. Except for the jacket that I currently have, I found that at a thrift store, and it's my favorite jacket in the entire world. And it looks great on you. Thank you. And I think I got it for like four or five dollars. Ugh, I'm super jealous. Me and Jess bought it when we were gonna go film our commercial because we had to go yes. buy some campy nature shit. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, two things I don't have in my closet: campy nature shit. Yeah. An order. An order. <laughs> I always try to keep border, and then it gets hard, and then I go back, and then the set that I will fix it. Mm-hmm. Everything will be color coordinated. That's my yeah. route, mm-hmm. and then I'll come. I'll use a bunch of dirty clothes, and I'll take them to the cleaners, and then I bring them back, and then I just hang them up so nothing's in order. And then I'm like, okay, well, no, you know what? Okay, now I'm gonna put pants together. I'm gonna put shorts together, short sleeves, short sleeve shirts, button downs, hoodies, jackets, sweaters. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Have an order, and that's my favorite way to go about it. And then two more trips to the cleaners, and then I come back. I'm like, well, I don't want to organize this. This is just here. <laughs> and that's why I end up wearing like, the same three outfits every single time that I dress. Because I'm like, this is closest to the way that I open my door. <laughs> I love it. All right. Are you ready to get into? I don't know, Paige. I don't know ready? if I am. It's okay. a strong episode. It is a strong episode. We're going to get through it. This actually it. made me cry a little bit. So this is season four, episode eight. My motherboard, myself. The synopsis is... Carrie and Aiden exchange keys. Then Carrie catches a virus where she can least afford it. Miranda's mom dies and Samantha finds it hard to give her condolences. That's it. That's the that's the really shitty synopsis, which is hysterical. And before anybody asks, it's not written by or directed by anyone that I have heard of before. And so we can't blame Jenny Bix on this one. Watch me. <laughs> so who do you want to start with? Let's do Charlotte, because Charlotte does actually nothing. Right. Except for move other people's stories along. It's true. She does. All I have for her is that she's redecorating, um, tracking her cycle so that she can get pregnant, and then... I missed that. What? Yeah. she. There was a shot of her um, right before she dims like her lights. Like, she'd begin, become an expert on, dimming, on dimmers because she's redecorating the apartment. Um, but right before she stands up to dim the lights back and forth, she's sitting at a table with a desk calendar that outlines her entire, um, her entire cycle for ovulation. Oh, cute. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It was a very subtle voiceover thing. Oh my gosh, subtle? (laughs) Well... I it was mean, a desk calendar. I just might have not been I looking. Mean, a desk calendar, though? Like, nobody wants to look down at your desk and go, oh, cool, you're on your period today. That's why you're such a bitch. I wouldn't mind. I think that's weird. 
like I would write like I have a work calendar, a work desk calendar, obviously, and I will sometimes write important social stuff that I need to do on it. Yeah. But otherwise, like I would not like I have an app mm-hmm. for tracking my cycle, which they don't have. They didn't have back then. So that's fair. Right. But, like, I don't know that I would have it out in the open like that. Oh, yeah, just come into my dining room. Isn't this dimmer switch awesome? By the way, here's my cycle. It was seems that just where she was working? It might have been, but that's still a desk calendar. Like, it's still out in the open. It's not even, like, a, pl- a planner. Like, she highlighted it in pink. She's taking over her feminism. She's in control of her sex. I guess. And then, spoiler alert, though, um, Miranda's mom dies and she just goes into overdrive getting flowers and organizing what she can of a funeral. Yeah. But you know what? We'll get into that because that's how people, people, the overarching theme of this is that when it comes to death, People grieve drastically differently, mm-hmm. and we cannot tell anybody that they are wrong for doing what they need to do to cope. Right. It it was just interesting, though, because I feel like this could have been the focus of the episode, is just the funeral and the reactions to it. I think mm-hmm. we've done it, seen it done a couple times. But this one still tried to give them their four different arcs. Mm-hmm. So if it was Charlotte trying to micromanage as a ter- as a form of the grief or what she was trying to do that would have help, been helpful but it was it just seemed like Charlotte was in a mood to help and nobody had asked her for it so she's making all these decisions but it never felt like we were in communication like back and forth like mm-hmm. like Miranda Betsy like this is what we want if you could help us that'd be super cool it just seemed like Charlotte individually if everybody else was getting flowers, making these arrangements, and was just going to show up and put them places. Right. So it felt really it's, disconnected. Right. And it, but it was, yeah. I think that that's just something. And she did say that she had spoken on the phone to Miranda's sister. So I think that they just didn't show it, but I think she probably was in constant contact about it. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, hi, I am Miranda's friend. Um, we would all like to contribute to the funeral in some way. You know, may I bring the... Like, you won the Kentucky Derby flower arrangement <laughs> to... That flower arrangement was so fucking ugly. It was enormous. Like, they had won the Kentucky Derby to win all the other Kentucky Derby. It was, an, it was so big. It was so such a big standing monstrosity. And Charlotte was super upset because it was so big. And she asked for Tasteful. And Carrie, this is like my favorite, was that Carrie was like, well, now now we know what $500 worth of glitter looks like. I'm like, how rich are you to spend $500 at your friend's mom's funeral? Trey has money. Yeah, he does. Trey has hella money. It's crazy. If I had to buy flowers for someone's funeral, I'd be like, um, listen, hmm. I need to relax. Well, and again, people grieve differently. Yes. So I think that... Charlotte's way of grieving was to help out as much as possible so that they could just focus on their grieving. I think she was the least selfish person in this entire episode. <laughs> yes, but that's not saying much. No, it's not. It's really, really not. That's all I have on Charlotte. That's all we'll give her. Okay. If she doesn't do anything else. 
She doesn't. She walks around in her turtleneck, but also sleeveless tank. And I remember seeing those often. And I remember even when I saw those often when I was younger, mm-hmm. I'm like, those are fucking ugly. Yes. I hate them. Yeah. They're not great. They're not great for anybody. Mm-hmm. They don't. Your boobs are always pressed flat when people wear them. Mm-hmm. The I'm going to cover my neck, but not my arm seems like a weird fucking choice to make. Yes. And, and it's. Yeah. And it's not cut off. Even if it was supposed to be sleeveless, there are times where I've seen it that it's like more it shows more shoulder mm-hmm. and then covers up neck and i'm like okay that looks a little bit better but right where it cuts off i'm like someone just got lazy and didn't finish the sweater and that's what it looks like yeah and it's ugly. i don't like i dislike that a lot of 90s styles that are atrocious are coming back now like what like tattoo necklaces Tattoo necklaces? Yeah. What is that? Those are, those like, those chokers. Oh. That look like they're a tattoo, but they're just a necklace. Oh, I love those. And, like, the pseudo bell-bottom pants and the high-waisted pants and the all this stuff that's coming back. I'm like, what are you doing? Steve Madden brought back those ugly-ass flats that Charlotte wears all the time. Oh, those flats are definitely ugly. They're so ugly. <laughs> I don't like it. I love high-waisted. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad at the late 90s, early 2000s style. There's nothing, like, strikingly ugly about it. It was just ugly. So it feels very, like, plain and ugly, and that's so yeah. weird to do. Because, like, if you look at other generations, it, it, it looks cool. Now, in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Like, at the time, obviously, it was cool. And then there was a moment where, like, what were we wearing? Like, all those big, puffy, like, multicolor jackets that you would see, like, on Saved by the Bell. Yeah, I was Were cute. With- then got ugly and are super cute now you're like that's cool that's striking that's something mm-hmm. and now as opposed to like a crop top with turtleneck with no sleeves and then some long pants yeah that's ugly, it's so ugly. but there's nothing about it that is special yeah it's just quietly ugly it's not great i blame Gigi hadid okay let's do it i feel a lot of everything she is sponsoring right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is ugly. It's too early to be nostalgic about the 90s. It is way too early to Stop. be. Stop. Yeah, nostalgic <laughs> about the 90s. Like, that's... It, it was like yesterday. Yeah, I'm still young enough to be able to wear the things that I wore when they were in style and then got out of style. Yeah. There's not been enough time passed for it to start making a comeback. Right. But then it's also on brand with this generation. Or these generations, because it's very much it's like a things get pr- move nostal- so fast. Because we, yeah, get nostalgic faster for things. Someone was nostalgic about High School Musical, and I was like, that only ended six years ago. Yeah, you can't be nostalgic about that. That's not how that works. Like, I still love it, definitely. But, yeah, but someone was nostalgic, nostalgic about it? No. Like, man, remember the good times? Like, we would be hanging out, and we would watch High School Musical 3, and I was like, that came out six years ago. Yeah, that was not that long. You can't be nostalgic about that. My car is older than High School Musical 3. <laughs> like, that's so weird. <laughs> okay. All right. Who do we want to move on to? Um, Samantha? Yeah. Okay. Samantha. The rest of these girls start tying like, into each other. I feel like we should end with Miranda, honestly, because Miranda is her... Like, it was her mom that died and is the catalyst for a lot of this. So it all loops in. I feel that, but I have more to say about Carrie. That's fair. Okay, let's go Samantha. Okay, so Samantha. Samantha, um, I love this. She bought a piece of paper. With two pieces a, of paper. <laughs> was it two pieces of paper? It, it was 
a series of paper that would they wouldn't even, it wasn't even a pamphlet they were just it, someone printed out paper and then stapled it in the top corner mm-hmm. and it was 1001 different sex positions yes and i loved it because she was just like they were just selling it on the street for i got it for a dollar 50 and i'm like man you could get that for free on some slutty soccer mom's pinterest board now <laughs> slutty soccer mom's <laughs> Like, How do you sign up to be a slutty soccer mom? What are the traits of being a slutty soccer mom? I need to know this. <laughs> the traits of being a slutty soccer mom are basically like the mom from Mean Girls, where you have to You're wear right. this, the, the track The tracksuit, the matching tracksuit. And be a little too involved and too happy about your adolescent child sex life. I'm going to be a slutty soccer mom. <laughs> And then you know all the referees by name. You know everyone at the yes. PTA. You hit on them all the time. They're but not uncomfortable like, when you come to Aggressively, you just do the like, thank you so much. And you put your hand on their lower back and touch their like bottom spine mm-hmm. right above the pant line. So you're like, that's a weird fucking place to touch somebody. Yeah, or is. like, she'll say hi to you and your husband. And then she'll give you a hug. And then she'll recognize that you can't give your husband a hug. Or give your husband a hug. Because mm-hmm. that's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But she'll just like slightly like tap the back of his hand. Oh. So it's still a connection. And then you're just like, what the fuck was that? The spot right above the wrist. Ooh. Where it's just like, a, this is, I'm, you know what? I'm so glad you're here. <gasps> that <Ooh>. one. <laughs> and also surprisingly weird, like, if you have a son who went off to college and he comes back, she like touches his top bicep. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, oh my gosh, you are filling out. You're and they're like, are you hitting on my son? You're becoming such a man. I'm so proud of you. Come back to my bedroom. I'm going to grow up to be the slutty soccer mom. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Slutty soccer mom. God, someone give me kids so I can take them to go play soccer. This is, this is our new podcast. Slutty, slutty soccer, soccer mom. mom. <laughs> the slutty soccer mom chronicles. Yes, it's going to be great. I can't say slutty soccer mom because I I think three times I've said it. I've said slutty soccer yes. mom. I thought you were just doing an affectation and I was just going to be here for it. Thank you so much, honestly. I love when people don't correct me and just assume that whatever I'm doing is part of my performance piece because probably that's always true. Yeah. But now I have something to blame when I make a mistake. I'm like, no, 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 no. I didn't I didn't make a mistake. It was performance art. It was performance art. I did it on purpose. So yeah, so she buys these sex positions on the street. Hilarious. Um and then she I literally just have on my notes, doesn't deal with death well. Correct. <laughs> so she is visibly like shaken and upset and in her own head um, when Carrie comes in and tells them that Miranda's mom died. And she immediately, like when they ask her about it, like she snaps out of it and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I, you know, yeah, flowers, where? I'm just like, she doesn't deal with it and instead f- decides to focus on something else. Um, and throw her energy into something else so that she doesn't have to think about it, which is also a coping mechanism Mm -hmm. that I definitely share. Um, When my dad died, I became obsessed with finding the right outfit to wear to his memorial. And because for some reason my mom decided to put off his memorial for like a few months, I had... A lot of time to obsess about it mm-hmm. and so i stayed in like that vein of just avoiding thinking about it and just focusing on the fact that i didn't have anything that was nice and black to wear like i used to be a stage manager so i have tons of shitty black clothing don't get me wrong but i didn't have anything that was nice and also black and i went on 
a like tirade and I did this with my grandma when my grandma died too where I was just obsessed with finding something that would look okay mm-hmm. um and getting really really upset if it for some reason wasn't okay like we got to my grandma's funeral within like minutes of people starting to arrive and so we had to change in like the funeral home's bathroom oh and cuz she lives in the bay area so it's like a four hour drive so we just basically skidded in right on time there was traffic um and i changed into my dress which i had painstakingly went out and bought and walked out and my sister immediately made fun of it what the fuck and she was like you look like a goth like nurse because it had like puffy sleeves and it was buttoned down all the way she wasn't wrong. Like, it was kind of ugly. But, like, but at the time, the I, like, time. I went, like, I painstakingly went over it and over it and, like, tried to find something that would be respectful. And so, by her immediately hitting, like... The one spot the, that you yeah, the on. Yeah, the one spot that I was super, super upset on. And so, I went, yeah, well, you know what you did as a kid? And I immediately said something super embarrassing that I'm not going to reveal on this podcast because it's not fair to her. And it really is, like was like a psychologically damaging thing that she did and so i was like yeah well you did this and she immediately got upset and she was like you're such a liar you're a fucking liar mom i didn't do that did i and my mom's like we gotta go you're like Paige, what the fuck no she didn't even like she was just like yeah 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 you did that but i'm not ready to talk about it we have to leave it was awful it was i really really bad with like i'm samantha level bad with death because samantha just runs after having an orgasm but she's not dealing with her shit and so she's not happy with herself and a lot of orgasming is mental Mm -hmm. and so she's just losing her mind trying to get an orgasm when she can't not to take away from your pain and grief can we start a bit series that's all fake obviously because it would be incredibly terrible otherwise but we go to funerals and then we do like a red carpet review of people's outfits oh my god no that's so sad (laughs) we'll be joan and melissa rivers and kelly osborne but at funerals as people are walking in how about instead of at funerals we do it at the mall Because, like, we do it, but nobody knows that we're doing it. We're just in the corner. We just post up at the Starbucks right in front of Charlotte Roos. Or next to Charlotte Roos. Yes. And then we're just like... And just watch people pass by and be like, oh, what are you wearing? What is that? I hope you're coming to the mall for a new outfit. There's a lot of Mexicans (laughs) that go to the mall, so we can get a variety of flavors. We can get prom dresses. We get soccer stuff. We get tracksuits that don't match. We also get the best, like, cowboy-looking outfits. Man. All right. New podcast. <laughs> We're done with this. Oh one. my God. We'll go do a special <laughs> podcast episode. We'll just like gorilla style it. We'll have this yes. hidden inside a purse that's just on the table. We'll just do it from our phone. We'll do we'll go old school. We can take do all voice of this. memo. <laughs> the good old voice memo. The good old voice memo days. Is this a USB? I think the USB yes. there's the little wire that can also transform into this so you can put it into an auxiliary port. Mm-hmm. So we could plug it in 
and we can still get good phone quality, which is recorded as, or good microphone quality, mm-hmm. but keep it on a phone though. I love it. Oh my god, <laughs> this will be a fun <laughs> episode. Gonna be, that's gonna be great. Um, but yeah, but yeah. It, so Samantha relies on what she knows how to do best. Yeah, she's Orgasm. like, I have sex often, and she kind of throws it in the girl's face later when she's complaining, or she's like, "You guys, I come every single time, like, and I can't come now. This is." ridiculous and the other girl's like you're showing off like you don't do that she's like yes yes i do if i rsvp for a party i make it my mission to come yes i love that that's the best line and kara's like well sometimes i'm a no-show but but and then samantha's like that's not me and i can't come so i'm dealing with that and samantha also doesn't know how to communicate with miranda because samantha's not dealing with her own thing she doesn't know how to be there for her friend Mm -hmm. which i feel is shitty but i also i think that's i would be okay with that Obviously, I haven't had anyone close to me die, so I don't know what I would feel. So I can't. This is from a very ignorant place that I'm talking about that. But I'm like, I'd rather you figure stuff out when you're ready to be there. Hmm. Be there. Because I, I also have been on the other side where someone forced us to be there for one of our friends who had lost somebody. Hmm. And a lot, of people, a lot of us weren't close to them. So it felt very disingenuous, disingenuous yeah. and synthetic. And I was like, this isn't right. Like, let them have their moments. They have their close friends. Obviously, they know that we're upset for them. Right. And we can let them know on our own personal space, but to make us do this as a group is very weird. And I, the way that it finally came to, where Miranda kind of mouths it to, or Samantha mouths, I'm sorry, to Miranda later mm-hmm. on. Yeah. I thought was beautiful. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter, again, of there are so many ways to grieve and you can't, um, you can't, like get in the way of somebody else so i think that's where it gets awkward is because you don't know how you're going to grieve until you get there until you have that loss yeah like i i spent most of my adult life without having very much loss and so when i so my grandma died in grandma died after my dad died um so it was like 2009 so i was fully grown adult like married whole thing um and so i didn't know how i was going to react like i think when you're a kid you understand it and you're able to brush it off a lot more than as an adult when like samantha i think samantha immediately thinks about her own mortality and how little time she has left and what's important to her and what's important to her is orgasming and so she runs into that rather than says something like, or, you know, like just lives in the moment. She's just confused. Like we all just try and find our way in the dark whenever there's a death. And like I said, everybody does things differently. I say inappropriate things to my sister right before a funeral as she does to me. And I'm extremely um morbid like my morbid humor comes out a Mm -hmm. lot in that like it's not it's not great i've even like done the whole like grief sex thing where you just sort of like freak out and you're thinking about your own mortality and you feel like you just have to like have sex to feel alive and it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and it's not great but it's great right (laughs) like you feel bad about it being great but it is but it's yeah everyone deals with it differently and it's really hard and sometimes it takes a really long time 
Like, even though it was 2009, I feel like my mom is still stuck in anger. She's still stuck in the anger phase. Right. She gets angry about everything. She's suddenly a Republican. Like, it's just weird. She wasn't before. She's angry about everything. She's suddenly a Republican. She is, though. Like, she does this whole thing. Is she... I actually um, told her I wasn't spending Thanksgiving with her because of politics. Like, she's like, I would talk to you about politics, but I wouldn't want to talk to your... To my liberal sister, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's... I'm spending Thanksgiving alone. Hell yeah. Like, I'm not... I'm not spending time with anybody else. And I and I did, actually. Ryan and I spent Thanksgiving here um, watching all the Spider-Man movies. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And it was fun. I don't know how... I think I, I respect Samantha's game so much because that's how a way I've been trying to tell myself that it's okay because i i haven't had anyone die that's super super close to me but i've had people lose people that are close to them mm-hmm. and then my biggest thing i'm like i don't know how to be the comfort friend but i know how to be the stable friend so like my dad lost his mom and my grandma and i love my grandma a lot but for me death since it's not close it hasn't hit home home yet yeah i'm very much like this is an abstract concept and i'm like she died okay yeah she had a stroke and it was her time and she's probably better now yeah and that's just how i feel about it yeah so then my dad and then when i talked to my dad about it he just tells me all these great stories and how much he loves her and misses her and then i just sit there i'm like I, this is good please mm-hmm. tell me your please tell me your stories mm-hmm. and then uh, one of my close friends at the time she lost her mother mm-hmm. and me and my best friend showed up for her we were there for her and i don't i didn't know what to say so i just kind of stood back a little bit and then later on we were able to have the conversation where i was like I'm so sorry if I seem distant. It's because I didn't know how to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, but I didn't know how to communicate with you. So I wanted to be there. I wanted you to know that I was there for you for whatever you needed. Mm-hmm. But I also didn't want to overstep. Mm-hmm. And if that made me distant, I'm very, very sorry. It's what I thought would be the best way that I could do it without trying to go too much. And I remember, because it was the day her mom died, all of her family had shown up because uh, it was pretty much just them here. And then the mm-hmm. rest of the family lived us somewhere else i think the midwest and they all came down because they knew it was gonna be one of the final days mm-hmm. and then we went to lunch at ihop after because everyone just wanted to be together mm-hmm. and then i remember just having completely out of body experience where we were going to ihop and i was like why the fuck are we going to ihop <laughs> i'm sure she wouldn't have wanted us to go celebrate at this shitty fucking restaurant <laughs> and then everybody's was like yeah, what the fuck did you say and i was like no it's i mean it's sorry. true but also, why are we going to fucking IHOP? Yeah, I would be embarrassed if I died and everybody went to IHOP. Yeah! Go to Gold and Silver. Like, At man least. up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I was like, I I, it, I don't know if I get extra weird or I don't know if I just stay on brand. I don't know what my body does. Mm-hmm. But I'm very much just like the whatever you need, I'm here for. Mm-hmm. And up until you tap me in to be there for you, I don't know how to be there for you without being one of the people that's drowning you in like a, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. great person. Mm-hmm everything the world that you constantly just get here from over here from people mm-hmm. i'm like i can see it's overwhelming so i just don't want to take that space so i can at least be the same person that you've always had and hopefully that's a good step mm-hmm. or that's a good way to have someone there yeah i uh, the best thing that anybody ever told me when my dad died um was just to say you know hi i'm so sorry for your loss um i know that everybody grieves differently and so if you need to talk about it, I'm here for you. If you need to not talk about it, I'm here for you. Tell me exactly what you need and I'm here for you. And if you need me to leave you alone, then that's what I'll do. That is the best way to respond to anything ever. Yeah. I think we need to have more conversations that way. 
I think that the hard part about that is that you don't know. Yeah. Because there's a lot of times when somebody's like, okay, what do you need from me? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. Just get away. Like, I have no idea. And that's hard. It's really hard to, once you know yourself and you know who you are as a person, it's very, very easy to Mm -hmm. say it. Um, And that was something that I really appreciated with Chad and I in our marriage is that something would happen and then we would regroup afterwards and say, okay, I was really upset about A, B, and C. Um, I think that's because of this. And so if we ever encounter this again, this is what I would like to happen. Mm -hmm. He was very much the type of person where if he was really angry, he needed to be left alone until he was ready to deal with it. Whereas if I was really angry, I needed to talk it through until I was ready to deal with it. Got it. When I'm upset, I don't want someone to just walk away from me. I have abandonment issues. It's not good. <laughs> so it's, it, again, everybody's different. It's really, the only thing that you can do is just say, hey, I'm here for you, whatever you need. If you need to go to the mall and make fun of people's outfits, if you need to sit in your room and cry, I will stand guard by the door, like whatever you need to do. That's fair. That's good. I feel like even outside of just grief and death, that should be the way we communicate with more people. Yeah. Like, if someone's upset about something, like, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Do you need to be distracted? Mm-hmm. Do you need to talk about it? Do you want to be left alone? Mm-hmm. What do you need? So I know how to help you. And if I can't help you in that way, get you someone that can help you that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everybody should know what they need when they're feeling extreme emotions. Mm-hmm. Whether they're feeling grief and again that comes from getting to the point where you feel grief and then you've got to figure out what you need from there but you know joy anger you know whatever you need to be able to say what you need so that other person can respect what it is instead of just sort of assuming what you need and bulldozing over you the way that charlotte kind of did Mm -hmm. but that was her way also of grieving that's also the process i think we talked about it before or at least mean you have where it was the conversation of your how you grieve or how you deal with upset, how you're trying to overcome that mm-hmm. is entirely fair. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make you not responsible for who you affect in that meantime, too. Yeah. So it's very much like that. Fig- figure out what you need. How are you going to cope? Okay, cool. You're figuring out a way to cope. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But also, while you're coping, make sure that you're not shitting on other people, shitting on someone else or damaging your relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. Because once you're out of that, you're going to feel a little bit better, but then you're going to have to see at the mess that you made and that's not going to help you. Mm -hmm. And also you're in this heightened state and someone else might not be. So whatever Mm -hmm. you said to them, hit them at their regular normal state. Yeah. So it hits home. Mm -hmm. And like some people are really good at being like, I understand you were super stressed out. And other people like what you said was too real and too raw. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you've been hiding, then that's not something I want to be a part of. Yeah. That's fair. So with that in mind, we can move on to Miranda. Miranda's mom died. Duh. Um, Spoilers. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because she, you know, like release happens in different ways also. Um, so she goes bra shopping because she realizes she doesn't have a bra with her because she didn't expect her mother to die. Her mother died of a heart attack. Um, and it seemed like one of those things that was pretty sudden. So her mom had a heart attack. She took the train down to Philadelphia Um, They said, she's pretty stable, go home, you know, for the night and come back in the morning. And then they called in the middle of the night to say that she had had problems and had passed away. 
And poor Miranda is like, we shouldn't have left. And that's another thing that's really difficult is that you have all of these what if moments that happen when somebody dies too. What if I had just, you know, if they died in an accident, like what if I had called them to keep them awake? What if I had anything? Mm -hmm. And I think, and I've never had a situation where I haven't been able to say goodbye to somebody. And I think that that's a way different level of death than knowing somebody's going to die and having your closure. Right. Like I was able to tell my dad that I loved him and I knew that it was the last time that I was going to see him. And I had a moment with my grandmother before um, she had dementia. And so there was a point and a very long time afterward where she was alive, but she wasn't. Right. Um, And I had, I mean, I talked to her, I had a lucid moment with her and I got to say goodbye to her. You know, and it was a, like, a goodbye, I'll see you later. But it was, I felt closure in it. And I think that not having closure makes death a lot harder on people. And I think Miranda actually illustrates that quite nicely in the sense that she was like, we shouldn't have left. Mm -hmm. I can't believe that we, that we left her. And then she, yeah, and then she died alone. And so she has all of these emotions she has to go bra shopping, and there's this super annoying Lucille. Lucille, who's also who, another familiar day player. Yes, she is a day player, but she's she's a great day player. Um, she goes over the top in helping Miranda. It's a very like Victoria's Secret level kind of help that I identify with because I'm like, listen, I'm my boobs are out right now. Could you maybe leave me alone? And I've had this exact thing happen. So Lucille says. You're you're not a 34A. Like, what are you doing looking at 34As? And Brad's like, no, I'm a 34A. I've been a 34A my whole life. And Lucille's like, no, you're not. You're not a 34A. You're a 34B. And, like, goes and just starts measuring her boobs. And poor Randa's like, um, excuse me, but this, has happen- this actually happened to me before. Um, and it was because I switched birth control. And my... My boobs did actually, like, within three months, like, balloon up an entire cup size. Hell yeah. And I didn't believe them. Like, I was like, no, there's no, literally, I bought a bra three months ago, you guys, and it was per, and it fit, fit perfectly. Everything's fine. What's your deal? And they measured me and they're like, yeah, no, you're not, like, you, you've moved up. Like, get yourself another cup, because you're, you're big now. I was like, what the fuck just happened? But it's always, like, within this grief storyline, I just want to say it's always important to regularly get measured for your bras. Correct. So there's that. Because you never know. Like, what you're wearing could be wrong, and it could be really, like, affecting your health. And so it's important. <laughs> so I just want to put that PSA out there. That it really is important to, like, go every once in a while and just go and get measured and make sure that everything is correct for you. I got so upset because she's getting a little bit older now hmm. and her boobies are getting smaller. And she's so sad because she has all these beautiful bras. She's like, I don't even get to wear them anymore. Aww. They don't fit anymore. Because now I have no titties. And it is so sad. And I see this cute little Mexican girl and, she's, and she'll, like, she'll do it. She'll be like, look, my boobs used to be up here. And she drops it. And she's like, another down there. <laughs> and there's no titties. There's no nothing. Oh, and we've just been always super, super close family. So we're just all about that. And one time, my, my, 
my brother Mario saw that she had something sticking out of her bra and he it wasn't with bad intention he wanted to grab it and just pull it out to mm-hmm. be, make sure it wasn't like trash or something right but it was, it, was those, a, it was a chicken cutlet oh mama <laughs> he took it out and her boob just started sagging tremendously oh. and she was like Mario and he <laughs> we laugh at everything yeah we are just that family like if anything embarrassing happens we're the first ones to laugh we don't do it with like ha ha something bad happened mm-hmm. to you it's just that this is a funny situation and we're all close so we can laugh about it mm-hmm. she was so mad she snatched that right back up and we're like mom you ain't got no more boobies oh that's so sad i don't i didn't want to know that about my future about how they get smaller that's so sad but also i'll buy you them you know what i'm because of that like i am a d now so i think i have a very long way to go before i need to worry about anything hell yeah like, I need to lose at least three cup sizes to start to get concerned about anything. Also, my mom just has a lot of issues with health that she's trying to control. So that's oh, also wears that's and tears more body yeah. faster. So I don't think, I think it was the old age and the various health things that she's got them under control. Mm-hmm. But it was just the one that weren't in control. It was just a lot of body fluctuating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So, um, the only other thing that I have for Miranda Marina. is Miranda. Miranda. Um, is that it was really sweet that Aiden and Steve showed up to the funeral and mm-hmm. came to support her. Yes. That was very adorable. It was great to see Sinithia. Sinithia. <laughs> wow. Cynthia Nixon? Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> oh my God. Is that a fucking 2023 space planet? Yes. It was good to see her get to be able to act as opposed to just being high strung the entire time. Yes. Because she wore it so nice and so well. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I'm on the verge of tears, but I'm not going to cry. But I'm also not going to do an actor's single tear. Yes. Which I fucking hate. Mm-hmm. But it was good to see her in those roles and for her to be like, I'm freaking out about this, but I can also laugh about this. Mm-hmm. And then just how her character rings true to form. So when she yells at Lucille, she's like, you're being very yes. invasive. This is very, I think I know what's best for me. I don't need you. Right. And then realizes what she's done and said, I'm so sorry. It's not you. Mm-hmm. It is... You know, my mom just died, and she's able to cry to a complete stranger. Yes. Which is a very strange concept to explain, but I get it. Yes. Um, after, like, about a month after my dad died, um, Michael Jackson died. And I was able to empathize more with his daughter mm-hmm. than I was to be able to let myself be okay with grieving like i was in the office alone the day that the funeral happened and they televised it obviously um and when his daughter paris started talking and started breaking down i have never cried that much in my entire life than that moment i went through half a box of tissues wiping my face and just tears pouring out because this little girl had lost her dad, but I couldn't cry about myself losing my dad, mm-hmm. but I could cry about her losing her dad. And it's this it w- hits us weird, in weird like, like I can't, I can't feel sorry for myself, but I can feel sorry for her mm-hmm. and empathize with her about it, which is like the opposite of Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, Carrie's wild. This was the one episode where I related to her. Yeah, I did, and I was embarrassed. I I wasn't because I th- I th- and I think that ties it back to how how do you need to be helped and mm-hmm. how that conversation goes. Mm-hmm. So Carrie in this episode, 
her and Aiden have keys to each other's places. I thought if that was going to be the episode, we would see it happening. Yeah. But it was also an interesting take to be like, no, we already covered that part. Mm-hmm. And now it's just the after effects of yes. that happening. Yes. So then Carrie is enjoying it. One day she gets home. Aiden's cooking for her. And she's like, you're ruining my pristine, never been touched kitchen. Yes. We're but she's like, oh, but fuck, you're making fajitas. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like this cute moment. And then she's writing. And then her computer gets like a virus and shuts down. Yep. And then Aiden's like, here, let me help you. And then she's like, okay, cool. Because I, I don't know what's going on. Like, fix it. And he tries to control alt delete, but it's a Mac, so it doesn't work. So I don't know if it makes it worse. It doesn't but I make it any worse. It I was think that's what Carrie virus. goes on to, where she's yeah. like, you don't know what the fuck you were doing. Yeah. And he's like, well, let's try this. What the-? And she's like, no, just stop touching stuff. Just stop, stop touching yeah, stuff. Yeah, she gets really irritable very, very quickly on this. And, like, this is the thing that I struggle with so hard with Carrie is that I wouldn't be able to, to be that rude with somebody that I cared about. And that's just me. And I understand that people have different relationships and different ways of doing it. Like, I can get frustrated at people that I love, for sure. But I don't know that I can get mean mm-hmm. the way that she does. I know that I definitely can, from personal experience. And it's not even me trying to be mean. It's very it's me being to the point, but in a, in a heightened sense of emotion or being it can be seen as mean mm-hmm. where I'm just like, this is the issue that's currently going on. Can you help me? Yes or no? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. And that's very just to the point What I will say, I'm like, stop. Y- not in a rude way. You're not helpful. Mm-hmm. You're in fact making this worse. Mm-hmm. I need you to stop. That's fair. And that's, and that's where I started identifying with Carrie because Aiden kept trying to help. Even when they mm-hmm. go, when they go fix it, he was making jokes. He was trying to explain the problem. Right. And, and she's she like, this was, isn't your fucking computer. Stop. Yeah. And she Back was up. super, super cranky about it. And, and super, super like, cranky. But then I was, that's why I kept dealing. I kept identifying with her. I was like, mm-hmm. Aiden, stop. Yeah. It's well, not, it's I not mean, your problem. And I mean, I under, huh, it's so hard. I understand it from both senses because he's trying to make her feel better. Right. If she laughs, if he makes a joke and she's like, oh, okay, that's funny. Then her her emotions that are so tightly wound are released a little bit and he feels like he helps, but she refuses to let him help. And I hate how much I saw myself in Carrie because I don't. And what she says to him afterwards really resonated with me too, when they're talking it out. And she says, you know, listen, what if you don't, what if you're not around anymore? What if I start relying on you for something and then you're not there then I can't function by myself as a human. Right. And I I did the exact same thing. Like, there was um, a relationship where I was in where he would be, like, almost upset if I got to the door first and I opened it for myself. He would always open the doors for me. And I'm not used to that because, you know, I'm not going to sit there like a jackass and wait for my door to be open for me. Like, that's not... I would never expect anybody to do that. And so it was so foreign to me that he was doing it. And I was like, you have to stop doing this because one day you're not going to be here mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to open my own door and I'm going to sit in front of a door like an idiot thinking that it's going to open and it's not going to open. And we didn't see each other anymore and that totally happened. <laughs> and so I understand where Carrie's coming from in the sense where she was like, no, I can't rely on you because you're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And that's a really defeatist attitude to have in a relationship where you're just getting back in 
and wanting it to be forever like they do. Yeah. And it's a really horrible thing to say to him. I'm sure he felt like shit because he was like, I'll be around. Like, what are you talking about that I won't be there? And it, I can see it being so hurtful to him. And it sucks because I'm like, how do we, Carrie and I, <laughs> stop that? Like, how do you let go and rely on somebody else and not make them feel like a piece of shit for trying to help you? Well, I think in Carrie's specific position... I think the fear was there because she ruined it the first time. She did. It was Carrie's fault yeah. that they weren't together anymore. So I think that's where she could easily be like, I know the kind of person I am. I know the kind of conversations we've had before. And I know that there's a potential that something could happen and it might be my fault. Mm-hmm. So you can say all these good words to me, but I've messed it up before. Mm-hmm. And you left. So I think that's what she can hold on to yeah. and kind of convince herself that she's doing the right thing by saying no one is forever. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything wrong with that mentality. <laughs> I am a firm believer that nobody is forever. Not even the people that I like, not even my mom, not even my dad and not even in a bad way, but it's a either you can die and that's going to hurt mm-hmm. like hell, obviously. Or what if there's just something that we just get into an argument about like a big, strong fight and we realize that we just need to take a step back from each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is how I feel about anybody in the world. I'm just like, nobody is forever. I can give you all the love that I can right now. Mm-hmm. And I will continue to do it and know that you have it. But there could be a time for one reason or another that it, you may not or I may not have yours. And I will hold on to that. That's why when people are just like so ingrained and intertwined with each other, then I'm like, I, I don't know how to do that. I yeah. don't know how to do that. Yeah. And there are. There are people like George Bush just died. Bitch. No, we're not talking about politics. We're talking about relationships. George Bush just died. um, And Barbara died in April. Mm -hmm. His wife died in April. I don't think that he could live without her. Mm -hmm. Like, I, there are couples like that where they, I don't think that they're actually able to function outside of one another. And I feel like that's kind of unhealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's also the sweetest fucking thing. Yes. It's so hard to consolidate the two in my brain. Because you're either for it or you're against it. And I am both. I think that's the emotion versus... What was the other one? Was it emotion versus pragmatism? Yeah. Yeah, or or the rationale versus romanticism, whatever. Mm. But you can see how that could be an issue. But you're, but that's where the love aspect or the care aspect comes in because that can't be measured in anything so like yeah it may not be good but that's what i'm gonna do yeah and there are certain couples that will make it forever like the people mm-hmm. the, the people who are like we've been made for 75 years right. and we're still going strong i'm like that is incredible mm-hmm. i i me as a person joe daniel montalongo cannot convince myself that that's ever true for me so i'm not going to live my life that way that's why whenever, like, there's anybody in the in the picture, like, romantically that I'm close to, I'm just like, whatever I have to give, I will give it to you right now. Mm-hmm. Don't take it for granted, but also, you have it. And yeah. it's yours to do with whatever you want. If you choose to not have that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you for everything that you've given me. And we're ready to move on. And I think it's because I've had people in my life that meant so much to me, but they were for a specific time. And I was able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. And even before I was able to recognize it, I was still okay with it. So I, before my current best friend, um, I had another best friend. And from like second grade up until like 10th or 11th grade, we were best, best friends. Like 
she'd come to all my family functions. I knew I knew everybody in her family. We would spend like every weekend together. We were very, very close. And then we kind of just drifted apart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. I felt it coming. It was easy to kind of get over because nothing had been tarnished. Mm-hmm. Everything that we had was still special. Everything that we had was still beautiful. And I will never change anything of what we had. But we knew we were going in separate ways. Mm-hmm. And that was okay. And I was so close to my other best friend for the same amount of years. And mm-hmm. then I recognized like, oh, oh, no, this is my best friend. And it wasn't just like, oh, I don't have one, so I need another one. Mm-hmm. It was very much like a, no, Ooh, yeah. no, no, no. Like, we've always been connected. We've always had this. I was kind of blind to it before. Mm-hmm. And with romance, I've never had the ultimate romance that broke me, destroyed me, or whatever. And even mm-hmm. the good, the romance that I have now, I think it's incredible. And I've been telling people mm-hmm. lately that I'm like, if me and child ever break up, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I will always be thankful for how he helped me grow, what he was there for to do how he made me feel special and loved and great Mm -hmm. and if for some reason we ever need to get rid of that or if we ever decide like you know what this isn't working out let's please end up on friendship terms instead Mm -hmm. of like a hating each other terms right and that's always been the plan so i'm like if anything happens we're gonna be okay Mm -hmm. and i will take everything in the moment as really really good knowing that one day it will be over one reason or another so i'm never believing that forever is forever it's right it's for right now and that's Mm -hmm. that's okay with me yeah and i think that's a healthy way to look at it but it's also the opposite way to look at it. Like, as a woman, we're raised to believe that it's, like, the Disney fairy tale, mm-hmm. you know? Where you you guys have, you know, gotten together, unbeatable odds, riding off into the sunset, and everything's going to be perfect for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the best... Um, the best like course of action to be taught as mm-hmm. a young person i feel like your attitude is much more the attitude that we should have especially in this particular climate you know like yeah there's those old couples that are going to live until 75 but as far as like our like our generation i don't see anyone staying together anymore at all and it's not necessarily bad like yes. i i love chad with all of my heart, I wish that we had worked out and that we had been able to have one of those relationships where we just ride off into the sunset together and that's it. But it just wasn't realistic. There were basic things that we weren't able to give each other and, you know, we had to end it. I still love him exactly the same amount that I loved him when I was married to him, but he deserves to have someone who makes him happy. Yes. And in the way that he wants it. Yeah. Or in the way that fulfills things that fit round circle, round peg. Yeah. Because I, I think there are sometimes people who are like, yeah, the square peg will fit into the circular hole, but that's not filling. Yeah. So like, we'll make do, but it's not the same thing that fills people. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that you can give someone everything you have to give and have it not work out. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. There, there's, uh, who was having this conversation with? But it was someone who was like, oh, when I get married, I'm going to get married forever. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to make sure that we work everything out. I'm going to make sure that this, this, this. And then in my head, I was like, what if it's not which the right is, person? Which is what I said, too. Like, and and we did. We made it work for such a long time. But that doesn't mean because it didn't work out in the end that it was failed. Like, Yes. Like, I hate that term. Whereas, like, a failed relationship or a failed marriage or... You didn't fail. You, you were together and now you're not and it wasn't an accomplishment i think that's what people like people think of relationships as accomplishments yeah and it shouldn't be an accomplishment it should just be a relationship yes and i think that's 
back to my polyamorous ass where I'm just like, <laughs> why is this one the one? Why is the romantic relationship the one that matters above all? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Your relationships with everybody that you hold close, near and dear to you are all important in different ways. So you can't measure them in which one's more important. Yeah. But um, it's the, this is a relationship that no matter what, we're always going to be there for. Or like, no, because if you have a friend that's super shitty and you don't work things out, you can just cut them off and be like, well, I have new friends. That's fine. Yeah. That's, I think you can do that in a romantic relationship too. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think the concept of marriage is so difficult for me. Yeah. Because there's layers to it. And it's not so much like never getting married. For me, it's just like the paperwork that's really difficult because mm. I'm like you're gonna get married one of you guys gonna change your name so you go to like the traditional route and then the other person's not and then if you guys get divorced you have to go file it's expensive to get a divorce for no fucking reason mm-hmm. blah, blah blah and then one of you doesn't have to go through any effort and the other one does mm-hmm. like to go change your identity back or to a different identity mm-hmm. like that's annoying yeah and for me I've always been just the be an asshole and keep it like I did I think that's absolutely fair <laughs> like this is good it's a good last name I'm gonna keep it I, I like it I thing. like how it looks she's like I like it I already got used to it I'm not gonna change it yep. regardless and that's when my dad wouldn't divorce her he's like I'm gonna divorce you but you have to change your name and she's like nope no and yep. if you want me to change my name you can pay for it yep oh you're not gonna pay for it okay mm-hmm. you didn't get a say in this just sign the papers yeah but I'm like if I get the ceremony for for people. I get the tradition that goes behind for it or what it means for some people. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm like, a, I don't I don't see myself having an issue staying with one person for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to get married, I'm going to get married by default. Like whatever state I'm in. It's like, you guys have been together for 10, 15 years. You're married. You're married. Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh. Okay. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Because I don't, for me, in my head, I'm like, I don't have to prove it. And that's what the ceremony means mm-hmm. in my head. That's not true. Right. And that's not true for other people, but that's what it means to me in my head. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, if we're together, I don't need to do this process. And if we take away if we take away how special and how grand it has to be, hmm. we're, we're going to be fine. And with that, it's going to be okay. I think adding all those things are like, this is what it, a marriage should be. This is how it should respond. This is how we should be in relationship to each other. This is what we need. We need the fanfare. We need the trumpets. We need the people. We need the costumes. We mm-hmm. need all of this. I'm like, that's exhausting and that's for me that's not the relationship that i want the relationship that i want is we have made it work Mm -hmm. through our own way Mm -hmm. and we're here now and it's it's the people that are just like i'm gonna get married i'm gonna get married forever i'm like i feel bad is the wrong word but the one i'm gonna be using or the wrong phrase but that's the one that i'm gonna be using for now Mm -hmm. for right now where it's just let be give yourself permission to let go Mm mm-hmm because I also feel like there's people who are like, for that sake that I've met, mm-hmm. that are like, we're going to stay together forever, mm-hmm. who I know are fucking miserable. miserable. Yeah. And like, you can tell the other person doesn't care about them or co- is constantly cheating on them mm-hmm. or just doesn't treat them right. And there's like, no, but they're, I have to help them. I have to support them. And I'm like, there's an extent to where someone can love you and you want to help them. And that's absolutely fair. And there's an extent where someone has moved on past you and mm-hmm. you're not letting them go. Yeah. And you need to be able to mm-hmm. for your own sake. Yep. And I know it's it's heartbreaking, especially if you're the person that's like, I want this beautiful life. I want mm-hmm. to love and I want to give someone my love. I want someone to be open to all of that and to have it not work out is heartbreaking. Yeah. So that's why I don't want to say anything negative to, to any of those people. Mm-hmm. But allow yourself to be able to let go because that's only harming you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's like, and some people need that, though. Some people need the security and the stability of a marriage Mm -hmm. in order to feel safe and i don't disparage those people but i also worry about those people Mm -hmm. just because it's not it's not safe nothing's safe 
And I think that's the hardest part about love in general is that it's not safe. Mm-hmm. You're opening yourself up to somebody, even in a friendship or, you know, being roommates with somebody. Like, Ryan has seen me in some pretty bad places that literally no one else has ever seen me in. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a different person than I was in my marriage, and so I'm going through different things. And there's just different stuff going on. And I don't necessarily want him to see me like that. I don't want anyone to see me like that. But that's what it is. Like, you were forced to open up to people. You can't just close yourself off Mm -hmm. from everyone forever. But you also can't hinge your relationship on the fact that it's going to be forever. Right. Because it puts so much pressure to... For it to have to work. Yeah, for it to have to work. And I mean, some people need that. Some people are too flippant mm-hmm. and just go, oh, well, you know, if you don't like strawberry milkshakes, then fuck off. We're not dating anymore. Like, <laughs> which is fair because strawberry milkshakes are garbage. You're but. garbage. I love <laughs> strawberry milkshakes. <laughs> Whereas there's other people who'd be like, good, more milkshakes for you. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I like the way you phrased it where you like, sometimes you don't want to show that off to someone else. But because of the agreements you have made, like, that's what they get to see. You're Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to be vulnerable in front of someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think that is incredible. I think that is a strong power to be vulnerable in front of other people. Because I don't allow myself to do that often. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm just like, that's where I put the values in relationship. Is how real can I be with you? How vulnerable? How honest? Mm -hmm. Can I show you the good parts? Can I show you the bad parts? Can I depend on you to be there? Mm -hmm. That is enough for me. I don't need this to be solidified in a different way. Mm. And even then, that's also where I'm just like, don't take it for granted. Right. Granted, not granted. Don't take it for granted. <laughs> it's a difficult word for me to say. That's fine. Um, <laughs> don't take it for granted. Don't get used to it. But recognize that it's there. Mm-hmm. And do without what you will. Because there are people that I'm just like, uh, I know that I've been doing my bad part. I'm just like, you know that I love you. I don't have to keep proving it to you. And other mm-hmm. people kind of need that. Yeah. And it's not my place to be like, you're being too needy. Mm-hmm. It's a, no, I can do my part to demonstrate that for you. Cause this may not be forever. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to not feel the difference. Yeah. And being like with or without you, I feel the same. Cause that's not how a good relationship should work. But I think that's where the, the important parts of any kind of relationship, the vulnerability, the honesty, the care, the love, the emotion, the devotion mm-hmm. take into place. And for me, that's why that will be enough. And that's why I don't need anything more. I don't need something grand because for me, the, the most powerful things you've already given over. Mm. Not given over. You've given. And that's okay. Yeah. And if someone decides later on, if one of you two or both of you or however many people are involved in the party are just like, thank you for everything you've given me. I will always cherish it. But it's not something that I can continue doing for you or it's not something that I'm not able to receive anymore. I think this is it. You can say that and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And then, and I think it's also the hard thing for people is a breakup. Yeah. In any kind of relationship, because you're like, I've given them so much of me. What are they going to do with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That That's a like an actual genuine, honest thing is that you get into your head about what they're going to do in any sort of situation. Like, I'm constantly worried that, like, Ryan's just going to be talking to a friend and just be like oh yeah Paige was really upset she she was vulnerable and stupid and like i don't want to seem that way to other people yeah 
And so it's scary to think about. Yeah, because they have the vulnerable part. They have the vulnerable parts about you, but they also are now in charge of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And I can easily understand how that's frightening or scary or upsetting for some people. And I don't know why, but that's not one of my fears. I fear different things, not bigger, not smaller, not worse, not better. I fear different things. And those things, very, 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 very few people can challenge. And even those people, they know about those things or they have seen those parts and they have continued to love and support me. So even then it's a, yes, they have that power, but they've already proven that they're worthy of it. So Mm -hmm. anything less than that, I am not afraid of. And that's why I think, like, I can have good, strong relationships now. And even if they're not forever, I'm just like, but thank you. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's not true of everybody. And that's not me saying, like, I'm up here and other yeah. people are down here. I'm in this enlightened state. It's just a fortunate <laughs> way that I've been able to live my life and have supportive and loving people that I'm not afraid to not have that love anymore. Mm-hmm. Because for me, that for, I think that's what it is. For me, it's not that I don't have that love anymore. It's that I will always have it. Mm-hmm. That it already happened. It already yeah. happened. You can't take that away from me. So other people have the power to control the narrative that I've given them. Mm-hmm. But I will always have the good parts. Mm-hmm. And while I hold on to the good parts, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be okay. And that's so, that's important. That's a lesson that I think a lot of people have not learned yet. So. And it's hard. It's, and a lot of people have to learn it the hard way. Yeah. Which is the sad part about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to learn it in a good way. And I think for most other people, they have to learn it in that harsh, heartbreak cry into your pillow, cry into someone's arms kind of way. Mm -hmm. And it's, I've been very privileged. I've been incredibly privileged with how kind the world has been to me. And anything that literally I'm dealing with now, it's only because I'm making it up in my own head. (laughs) (laughs) I I wish you all of the safe drama. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I I wish you all the safe (laughs) drama. Yes. What are we talking about, Carrie? Oh, you know, sex in the city. Um... I feel so bad because there was a part of the Carrie conversation that I wanted to talk about, but then we got into this deeper part of it. But now I kind of want to return to the Carrie part. Okay. Yeah, we're on on Carrie. Go for it. Um, Back to her just not being able to accept help Mm -hmm. and me still being on that side for her. It's I've had instances where, especially with Shallon, Mm -hmm. Shallon is very kind hearted and good intentioned. Mm -hmm. But when he gets into like a panic mode, he's one of those people that like, panic and then something goes worse so then he panics harder and then more things start going bad buddy and then it's me in my heightened state of being like i need you to stop you're being very unhelpful Mm -hmm. and then hearing that sends him into a deeper panic he's like no no no, i can prove to you that i can help and then i was like back (laughs) up stop this is not helpful and we have one story on halloween where he just kept trying to do better and kept doing worse and i started getting more and more upset because i'm like you don't need to do this stop Mm-hmm. and we've been able to work through it, but it's just the, this is where I was very team Carrie. And I was like, Aiden, I think you need to take a step back. Thank yes. you for trying to help out in the ways that you can. But also Aiden, you haven't asked Carrie how she needs to be helped. Mm-hmm. And I think that he should have done that more than just step away in general. Yes. Because you know that if he had just been like, all right, well, it sounds like a you problem. She would have lost her fucking mind. He doesn't help me. Meh. Yes. She wouldn't have been happy no matter what. But I feel like he did the best that he could do in the situation. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they should have, I mean, and they did at the end yes. talk about it a little bit about like, okay, this is what I need. This is, I take care of myself. She didn't listen to him. She just said what she felt her thing was. He didn't really get a chance to 
say, you know, I'm sorry, I'm trying to make jokes and trying to make you feel better because I know it's a stressful situation for you and have her understand that part. Mm-hmm. And I think people in, they're already vulnerable. They already, you know, saw to that vulnerability and they keep building a thicker wall when it comes to just talking it out yes. instead of fixing it. And I think a lot of people don't like to have those kind of adult conversations and it just ends up spiraling and you just want to have a conversation about it and just be like, Hey, no, I want to know in the future, if you're really upset like this, what would you like me to do? How can I help you best when you are upset? And the best time to have that conversation is when you're calm, mm-hmm. because I can tell you right now, like when I'm upset, I need you to give me a hug and I need you to tell me that I'm right, even if I'm wrong, until I've calmed down and then I can speak critically about it. But if I come in all upset and emotional about something, you need to, like, I need to have that moment to be supported and to feel supported no matter what. Because I will absolutely once i've calmed down be like well i fucked up that was a really fucked up thing to do that was dumb i should have done this but i need somebody to yes man me for a little bit until i can calm down Mm -hmm. because for the most part the things that i get the most upset about are just injustices (laughs) okay oh that's a whole ass other problem yeah that's the only thing is i'm like i can't believe this this is such bullshit I try so hard and, you know, they don't see how hard I work and blah, blah, blah. And it just, it, that's, that's my main thing is because I am very much a person and I know I come off like very harsh and aggressive and caustic, um, but that's to protect myself and my emotions. But if somebody needs my help on something or if they're upset about something, there's not a person in the world who can say that I just left them in the dust. Yeah. Like, anybody, literally anybody who comes to me and needs something, I will give them all I can, even if they're just an acquaintance. Like, I, and I'm not saying this to be like, aren't I amazing? Um, But I drove across town the other night because a girl that I had met a couple of times needed a ride home. By the time I got there, she was literally across the street from her apartment, and I drove her across the street. And... She needed somebody emotionally to be there for her, though. That's like, what, I don't... That's what she was... Yeah. Yeah, like, she she didn't actually, like, need a ride home in the sense that I just dropped her off and she was like, cool, thanks, bye. Like, she was in an emotional place that was really difficult for her. And I hope that I helped her through it. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I fucked up. Who knows? But I tried. Mm-hmm. And if, if she, like, came out like, ugh, I can't believe like Paige did that that's so stupid like whatever i'd be like what the hell i try to help you like i would be upset about that but you know in that instance i really would just need somebody to be like yeah that sucks like that sucks that she didn't see how much you were trying to be there for her Mm -hmm. and hug me and then i'm over it that's part of my process is recognizing my actions when other people need help because i'm very in tune with how or what I'm doing in terms of what I intend for it to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it just goes back to like me trying to be a problem solver. That's why I can't do a lot of different, or a lot of, I can't be there emotionally for someone. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it's very hard. Cause I don't know how to respond to people on that level. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm absent of emotions. 
It's just that I don't, my emotions don't work the same way that yours do. Right. And the only thing that I can do is figure this out logically. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's not what people need. Yeah, a lot of times that's not what people need. A lot of times people, the only thing that they need is just to be told that they're correct, even if they weren't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and, hard and for that's, me. And that's hard. And it I is, can't do that for other people. So that if that's what they need, that's I'm like, do you want me to go drop you off somewhere? Do you want me to call a friend for you? Mm-hmm. And then when people need that from me, that's part of that's part of the growth that I need to accomplish mm-hmm. is getting rid of whatever I'm feeling just to be able to be there for someone else. Mm. But as of right now, that's where my steps are. I'm like, I can distract you and or I can help you come to some solutions. Mm-hmm. But venting sessions or just getting something off your chest, mm-hmm. I'm very bad at that because I'm not a board you can just go off of. I have my own interpretations. And it's because of the fact that if people hand me some of their weight, I am the type of person that will hold on to that weight. Mm. And then I can't do anything with it. Okay. So then it just affects me differently. Yeah. So then I'm like, I can't, I'm very, very sorry. It's not that I don't love you. It's not that I don't care for you. It's not that I don't want to be here for you. It's I'm trying to help me first and foremost in order to be able to help other people. And if I don't take care of me, and you give me everything you have, I'm gonna not be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, and if you're that, if you're not that kind of a person, then you're just not that kind of a person, mm-hmm. and no one should reach out to you when they need something like that, mm-hmm. like as your friend, mm-hmm. you know. And then, like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like we we work really well together in the sense that I can just be like, I just need to vent about this, mm-hmm. and I vent, and you're like, Yeah, yeah, that sucks. That's all I need. Like, that's well, really and- all I'm all I'm looking for, and it totally works out. And I'm just like, Right, totally dumb anyways it also works with me and you because we both just think very rationally and logically about things yeah so that that's one of the places where i can be like yeah mm-hmm. yeah no that's super shitty yeah and you can take that and be like yeah i know thank you that's right. what i needed like, yeah. i just needed someone to affirm thank you so much and that yeah and that really is it's nice to be able to to be so logical because again that's a lot of stuff where i'm just like oh my god somebody was illogical <laughs> what a bunch of bitches and me even if someone's telling me something about where or complaining to me about where somewhere else is logical i was like oh my god that doesn't even make sense that they would do that and then that's why i like when you vent or in those ways because then you're like yeah right yeah right yeah and so we're both just on that page it's the it's the other people mm-hmm. that are very much like that's not what i need right people like carrie people like carrie that are just like yeah i lost my absolute shit on aiden and i can't believe that he doesn't understand that i'm like well because you were a dick because you were a dick and people don't respond to that kindly (laughs) no and i mean all he was doing was trying to help and all you were doing was being an asshole Mm -hmm. and like even in a stressful situation I feel like I will still respect that someone was trying to help. Yes. Even if their way wasn't the way that I needed to be helped. Yes. I understand, you know, like, and I'll have those illogical girl thoughts for sure. I'm not saying that I won't. Like, I will totally be like, well, they gave me a hug, but they didn't like, like rub my back right before we separated and that's what i needed but you can't ask for that because that's crazy that's a crazy thing to ask for <laughs> and if someone were to say that to me i'd be like you're wild i mean and it's just and that's the type of thing that i feel like we do need to leave up to like love and to chance is yes. that somebody who will do that for you who will like immediately make you feel better by doing something like that. And that's just something that has to organically happen. Yeah, because if you force it, it's not real, it's not authentic, and you're going to feel that. Right. Even if someone's just like, oh, I'm going to color by the numbers because this is what they need. You're just like, but this is... 
This wasn't real. This didn't come from a real place. Yeah, it needs it came to, from a place that I told him to do it. Right? It needs to be authentic. Humans are so fucking stupid. <laughs> Why do we? Uh, so many of our own problems are just us being like, well, yeah, yeah I got what I needed, it, but not the way that I needed it to happen. Mm-hmm. So. I know, but it's so. Isn't it <laughs> terrible, though? Like, humans are so stupid. But it just. It's so funny because it is. It's one of those things where you're just like, God. I just wish that this one person would, like, understand that it just, like, when you need a hug and they give you, like, the one where basically only your collarbones are touching. (laughs) And it's just so, like, oh, God, do I have to touch you? That's okay. That's enough. Are we done yet? You're like, no, I I need you to full body hug me. And you're like, I want you to love me fuck you like i do love you i love it different ways like i need you to love you this way why can't why can't you be on my side and that's where i'm like the most romantic though is i feel like that's something that should not be stated that's something that should organically happen between two people and have it be okay Mm -hmm. you know how like there's just some people where you're like oh my god so-and-so gives the greatest hugs and a lot of the time, it's just a universal thing where they're like, oh, my God, they give the greatest hugs, don't they? That's so great. But then there's other times when people are like, really? I don't feel that. And I'm just like, oh, well, our chemistry is different. So and that's what it is. And sometimes you can't help that either. Yeah. Sometimes you you it's a, it's it's a like, square it's, yeah, circle hole. It's, it's just an organic thing. It just doesn't. It, I'm sorry. It's not going to happen for you. And that's just for that person. Yeah. It could happen with someone else, but it's just not happening for you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And that's where we get confused and fucked up is where we, like, compare ourselves to other people, too. Or it's like, why can't I have that? Why can't I have that perfect relationship? Because that one's not for you. Gotta what, find your own. One of my favorite things about me and Challen is we'll both have opportunities or days where we're just like, you know what? I care about this other person. And then, like, like if I was if I came home and I'm like, you know what? I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you, how mm-hmm. much I respect you, how much I care about you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for making me feel special. Thanks for showing me love. Thank you for the everything that you've been able to do. And then if I were to send that challenge, I'd be like, oh, you're gross and walk away. <laughs> but that's how I needed to be recognized because mm-hmm. I know that he's taking that and he's feeling good about it. But he also understands that that's a weird place for me to come from because that's mm-hmm. very not how I show those kinds of things. And then for him just to be like, ew, gross. And like in a cute, jokey right. way, that that makes me feel good. Because I'm like, okay, cool. We're not getting this like deep, super deep level. We're not yeah. going to get all those weird emotions. And then I'm going to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's that I gave you, I, I, I presented this to you. Take it. Mm-hmm. And then that's okay. And then he'll, there'll be days where he's like, I just let you know, like these cute things about you. And I'm like, oh, you're fucking nasty. And I'm just like roll over, like leave. And I, <laughs> so and it makes me feel, it feel, makes me feel very, very good. <laughs> but it's that good balance of like, okay, we did it. We said it. And then we let the pressure out Mm -hmm. by doing this like weird joke thing Mm -hmm. and it's okay (laughs) i love it that's so um if if no one has seen this movie you need to see this movie it's called i love you man (laughs) with (laughs) jason siegel and paul red and um ryan i've gotten into this like habit so that the towards the end of the movie because paul red tells Jason Siegel at some point is like, oh, you haven't seen Shock a lot? It's just delightful. It's great. And um, and so there's a point where Jason Siegel is sitting in his chair watching Shock a lot, and it's like the end of it. And he does this cute little thing where like he, sm- he just grins like a maniac, and he goes, stupid. <laughs> 
And I was like, that's so me appreciating anything is just like the, when something like cute happens and you don't want to admit it, you just go stupid. <laughs> and you have the, like the biggest grin on your face and you're cheesing. You're like, that was, yep. that was dumb. That was, that was, that was so stupid. Oh, and I like, I love that and still like integrate it in. And so Ryan and I have like started to do that with like just random stuff. Or just like, yeah, let's, I really, I really like the first Hulk movie or whatever. And I'm like, stupid. <laughs> but it's so like, I just love that little moment because it's so en- encompasses like the human condition where we don't want to admit it, but we do mm-hmm. <laughs> like in our own, like, you know, whatever you're dumb, like leaving the room kind of way. <laughs> it, it lets the air out. And I think that's necessary Otherwise, you get too stuffy and you're like, I don't know how to respond. Yeah. I'm going to respond wrong. <laughs> There's, we have opened this up to a, a vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't go according to the way it should, other people can take that as a, as an offense, mm-hmm. as something that I didn't do correctly. And that can let it out. So yeah. I think it's good to, I, I don't know, I keep using the expression to let the air out, but. It's, yeah, just vulnerability and like. And then like, thank you for what you've given yeah. me. Here's a joke. We're good. Yeah. We're fine. And I, yeah, I'm very much a like make a joke about it type of person anyway to yeah. to let the air out of a situation um, where I will go for like that's when when Aiden was making all of his jokes I was like yeah yeah that's exactly what I would do I would get like I would super there would be puns there would be it would be great everything would be great and I'd definitely be careful like Aiden stop <laughs> I need solutions and I need solutions fast and you're not helping me get them you're distracting him stop you have a PC you don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Me, who has a PC. It was so funny, also, because Carrie has a Mac, and I've never had a Mac before in my whole last life. Yeah, I've had a Mac. They're garbage. I don't like them. Yeah. I, I think they're better for bigger processes, like if I've ever done sound or music or video editing. Yeah. I like them on Macs, because that's how I learn, and the format's easier for me to use. Mm-hmm. So big projects I can do. Just for having a laptop, I don't need all of the power that a Mac can give me. And also, don't like the functions of it. <laughs> well, it's less functional. Yeah. Sorry, um, but then I was like, I asked Paige because I figured Paige would have all the answers to the universe. I was like, can you control alt delete on a Mac? And she's like, I don't think so. And then literally the next second was Carrie being <laughs> mad because Aiden was like, I tried control alt delete, but it didn't work. And she's like, you have a PC. Of course it's not going to work. It's a different computer. <laughs> and I was like, oh. What about the IT guy said? Oh man, the IT guy was like devastating with his freaking line reads though, because he was like, oh, you have a PC and you have a Mac. You're not compatible. Mm. And you could see it land in Carrie's world. Like, oh my God, we're not compatible. We should break up because we both have different types of computers. It's funny because Challen has a Mac. And we recently were working on some essays together, and I was on his computer, and I kept, like, clicking the way that I would on my right, computer. and it doesn't And then it work. wasn't, so I was getting frustrated. Yeah. And he's like, what's your problem? I was like, it's not it. a real fucking problem. It's not. I recognize that. But I'm getting frustrated, because if we did it on mine, it'd be so much easier, and I could just to do and fix this in all my short keys, or shorthand keys, short keys? Yeah. Well, you know. What are they called? They're, like, sh- short yeah, short keys, shorthand, whatever. buttons, whatever. Uh, I'm like, I recognize all this, and I have to work on this, and it sucks. And on mine, to scroll up, I forget the order, but it's opposite. So on mine, oh, on my touchpad, yeah. you would, mm-hmm. like, roll your fingers up, mm-hmm. and it would go the way you wanted to. And on mm-hmm. his, it's the opposite way, so I kept trying to do it. It would take me to the top. I'm like, that's not what I wanted! I need the opposite way! <laughs> and you saw me getting down. frustrated. And on yeah. mine, if you are on two separate pages, you can click on the other one. And it'll immediately be there, like in essay format. I'm like, oh, this is where I need to click to add something. And I'll click over the page that'll so take me there. 
but the cursor is still where I left it last when I was on the page. Mm. So then it became a two-step process, and yeah. I kept adding words where it shouldn't have been. I'm like, I'm gonna fuck up your whole essay because it's goddamn <laughs> thing. He's like, why are you mad? I was like, I'm not. This isn't a real problem. Yeah. This is just very annoying. This is just a microaggression. It's a microaggression. And it's it's also weird because it's the one that's different because I have had PCs my entire life. Mm-hmm. And now I have a Chromebook, which runs on Linux. Mm-hmm. But it's still... It's still... It's still very similar enough yeah. that I can use it with a PC. Mm-hmm. Whereas a Mac, I have to change my entire method of being anything. Mm-hmm. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> this is annoying. This is the bullshit. This is annoying. And you can have whatever works for you. If it works for you, it works for you. That's totally fine. Yeah. I just don't like the culture. The culture around of around Max, around yeah, Apple no, people. that's like, fair. We're Apple people. See, and that's the weird thing is that I don't understand that because, like, I I have an iPhone. I enjoy my iPhone. Mm-hmm. If they um, put out a Android that was just as easy to like functionally like work with the way that I worked with my iPhone, I would buy it. I don't have any like. If somebody was like iPhone, I mean, I my iPhone has its problems, and I will probably, with the advent of the whole like Face ID thing, which I don't appreciate mm-hmm. or like, because one, I'm ugly, and two, what if I want to look up something in the dark? Fuck you. Where is my fingerprint scanner? I'd rather have a fingerprint scanner that works in the dark, and <laughs> so I'm mad at them. And like, my next phone might very well be an android because the whole reason that i've been holding on to it is just because all of my music is in itunes oh and when i think about it i'm like how often do i even listen to my own music i'm on spotify all the time so it just seems silly Mm -hmm. and so i think i'll probably just turn on my monster of a mac mini transfer all of my songs over to mp3s because there's a program that will allow you to do that and i'll put it on an external hard drive Mm -hmm. and that's just where they'll live and then i never have to turn on that stupid mac mini again because it's a piece of shit anyway like i think the last time i turned it on was when we tried to record this podcast on it and it broke that is so funny and that was like a year ago so like it like i have no I don't understand the people that are just like, oh my God, no, it's amazing. This is wonderful. This is fantastic. No, it's really not. It's just like the play school version of a real computer. Yeah. For for me, it's mostly just like, this is what I've gotten used to because I've had iPhones before mm-hmm. and it just didn't fit with who I was. And I was like, that's okay. I don't need it. That's fine. And then I feel like everybody else is just like, where's my phone? Where's my laptop? And then Apple people are like, have you seen my iPhone? Have you Ugh. seen my Mac? And I'm like, why do you why do you have to do that? Yeah. And that's why I'm just like, I'm very much like a whatever works for you, whatever works for you. I'm not mm. going to talk shit. It's annoying. <laughs> Until you become one of those people. A snotty person. Then I was like, a lot of your problems are your, all your own. Yeah. And Because like, I guess iPhone people, if you message other iPhone people, the messages are blue. And if you don't, the messages are green. Yeah. Who cares? I don't, I, don't I don't even notice. And then some people are like, oh, I think it's so annoying. I was like, why would you get a phone that tells you specifically when you're not talking to someone on who also has an iPhone? Yeah, I like, don't... that's your fault. All who, my messages look exactly the same, whoever I'm talking to. Yeah, who cares, so even? So why is it an issue? Yeah, why... I don't care what you're using to message me on. Mm-hmm. You can ignore me from any platform. Like, no big deal. <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't understand people that have that sort of, like brand attachment especially if that brand 
isn't doing things well. I just, that makes me the angriest. Because it's like you can you can say that, like, oh, my gosh, Coach is such a superior product. Coach is so amazing. How do you not have a Coach bag? Well, because I could get a bag at Ross that works exactly the same way and doesn't cost me $500. It's not made better. It's still going to wear the exact same way that a brand new purse from Ross will. Like it's just a brand. It's yeah. It's just functionality. I can't can't be a brand specific like that. No. And even because like I have an Android, I have a galaxy, but even then I'm like, there are some things that I would change my perfect phone. I would design it. Yeah. But I don't know how to design a phone and I don't have the access to it. So I'm like, this is the one that fits closest to my thing. So it's not just like a, Oh, this is better. It's like, no, this is better towards my taste and it's still not perfect. Right. But you can't say that to other people because other people are like, well, I buy it from everything in this brand and it's all perfect and it's all great. And it's right. all incredible. It's and like, it's not. At, at no point has that ever been true for anything. Not even specifically against your brand, which I think right. is annoying. Yeah. It's, and not you, you. Right. You, the royal the you. The royal you. Yeah. But I'm like, God, the people are so fucking annoying. Nothing's perfect. Don't come into a single brand. Never let any company have that power. Stop. And then this is why we're never getting sponsored. <laughs> Good. I, I was thinking about it. Someone asked me, they're like, uh, like you should get like X and X amount of followers and you can just start like doing those like weird ads or like clothing ads and blah blah I was like I can't do that that'd be super I, annoying and yeah. I don't trust anybody to not fuck up ever and I would hate my name to be attached to a brand that I don't care about my right. my name is my own brand yes. and I have been true to that from any perspective there is nobody who can be like oh it's interesting Joe's different here than he is with here or like oh, he acts yeah. this way but acts this way over here I'm like there's not a single fucking person who can say that about me because my brand is who I am mm-hmm. and it's not it's not I am my brand. It's my brand is who I am. Mm-hmm. Or no, the reverse of that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Thank you. I yeah, I feel the same way. Like if we had someone come to us and be like, "Hey, will you do like a sponsored ad or something like that?" Um, I would have to know what it was. I would mm-hmm. not just be like, "Oh my gosh, you guys, Blue Apron so awesome!" When I've literally never tried Blue Apron before in my life. Yeah, like that's not going to happen. I will like. And I pointed out um, either in the one of the last two podcasts uh, that I'd gotten like the single swag box and it was garbage. It was terrible. It was just off brand stuff that like they were trying to get rid of and they shoved it in a box. Like it's not it's not anything that I would do again. And if they came to us and they were like, oh, my gosh, can we please like sponsor an episode? I'd be like, no, not really, because I don't like I've tried your stuff and I don't like it. Yes, and how are you going to put that on other people? Right. And I don't have to be like, okay, well, what are your policies? How, what do you, where do you guys stand? Do you guys donate to, like, super PACs? Mm-hmm. For whom? Yeah. Do you guys stand by the same morals that I do? What, what are you guys doing, like, for renewable energy? Right. How do you guys yeah. function? What do you guys pay your workers? And I have to do all that research, and if it doesn't align, I'm like, I don't want to support you. Yeah, see, And, like, even me, in my day-to-day, there are certain things that I have to support that are problematic or, like, mm-hmm. troublesome, mm-hmm. because I'm like, I have a limited budget. There is so much that I can try to do good for the world. And there are some times where I'm going to have to take a step back and be like, yes, it's either that or I'm going to be on the street dying. Mm. So unfortunately, that's where I had to cave a little bit. But if it's something that's like, I will promote this, I will sponsor this, it has to be something that I'm for 100%. Yeah. See, and for me, it's just something that, like, I don't know that I would look that deep into, like, mm. politics and how much they pay their workers and that kind of a thing. Like, if they were doing something that was outright shitty, yeah. like, if they were like, yeah, we, you know, manufacture these in the Philippines and work children to the bone, like, then maybe I'm not okay with it. But if it's just, like, pure end result type of stuff, like, you don't need to pay me to say it necessarily and you know what i mean that's the form yeah like there's um 
a subscription. You know how like dudes have like Dollar Shave Club, yeah, and that kind of thing. There is uh, one called My Billy. Um, Billy. Billy. B i. It's it's mybilly.com. It's b i l l i e. Um, and honestly, it, that was great. Like I would totally have them come like and sponsor a post. I don't think they need to because I think their business model is amazing. Where it's just nine dollars for two um two razor heads and a handle, which you get to pick the color, and it is amazing. Like. It, the boxing is amazing. It comes with like a little magnet that you can put on your shower wall and it's reusable. You can take it off and put it back on places. And it is good quality. It is a really, really good quality um, blade. Like I've been using the same one. I mean, granted, it's like winter, so it's not like I'm using it every day. But it's a really nice, clean shave. Like I can't complain about anything about that particular company they're doing a good job, but they're not paying me to say this. And I feel like that's where a good promotion should stand for in terms of ethics and in terms of being all right as a person is, would you promote it without the money or without the sponsorship? Yeah. Okay. Then good. Stand by it. Yes, exactly. If there was something totally random, I would just be like, yeah, that's, that's weird. And that's not me shitting on other people who are getting that coin off of other sponsorships. Do you, whatever you you, want to. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. For me. That's that wouldn't work. But yeah, for me, I don't know that I would do that either, and I don't know that I would be able to like say that about the company if I did find out something that was bad about what their business practices were. Yeah. But as it is, I think it's awesome, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that more because they were paying me or less because they were paying me. Their product is good. That's it. Yeah. But you know what? Our brand is ourselves. And where can they find us? <laughs> you can find us at I Couldn't Help a Podcast on Facebook. You can also reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at We Swear on Chanel. <laughs> or you can email us at I Couldn't Help a Podcast at gmail.com. Sweet. So until next time, you guys remember always, always wear, wear a condom. condom. Bye. Bye. It's not stopping. It's not, not stopping. stopping.